rise up, shepherd, and follow. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. 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 Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. As we follow the star across the deserted lands, we pray God's mercy that we may make it to the Holy Land and give honor to the newborn child. Let us pray God's mercy. mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us all to life everlasting.
covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples but upon the Lord shines and over you appears his glory nations shall walk by light and kings by your shiny radiance raise your eyes and look about they all gather and come to you your sons come from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb with overflow. 
and the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you, dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense, and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his day and profound peace to the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall all forgive. The kings of Ereba and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out and the afflicted when he has no one to help him he shall have pity for the lowly and the poor the lives of the poor he shall save Lord every nation on earth will from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, you have heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to the people of other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. 
that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. According to Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, Where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of this inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd, rule my people, my Israel. Then Herod arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell, them, tell him exactly when the birth announcement star had appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, go find this child, leave no stone unturned. And as soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. 
Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. The Gospel of the Lord. In case you're wondering why I did that, I'm so vain. I watched myself after the last time I was recorded, and I realized the light was right in my face. You couldn't see it, so. Anyone who's paid attention to the news, beginning with the week before Christmas, knows that severe weather has devastated parts of the country. Thank you, Trey. It's actually severe weather has devastated part of the Bay Area, if any of you have been near the uh, uh, car wash on the way from Hayward to Castro Valley. If you're going to Trader Joe's, there's an entire street that's gone, just undermined with water. But anyway, this severe weather has devastated parts of the other parts of the country, and it's made traveling an absolute nightmare. However, starting with the new liturgical year, which is always the first Sunday of Advent, if you read the assigned scriptures, you'll see that difficulty traveling is not a new phenomenon. Consider the young couple going from their hometown of Nazareth to Judea to Bethlehem to register their citizenship as decreed by the Emperor Caesar Augustus. Remember, Mary was fast approaching her due date, and she and Joseph weren't flying first class on Qantas or even standby on Southwest. No, common storytelling has Mary on a donkey with Joseph walking beside her. And furthermore, 
Mary had already undertaken a journey earlier in her pregnancy when she traveled from Nazareth to Judah to visit her relative Elizabeth to tell her of her pending motherhood. And Elizabeth was so excited, she exclaimed, I too am expecting a baby. So with those scripture, we have travel and good news, as well as self-fulfilling biblical prophecies. And when I studied the scripture passages we've recently heard, I detected a sort of a theme. First, I noticed movement. The prophet Isaiah predicted a time when the Israelites would return to Jerusalem from their exile in Babylon. And he said they would beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Well, that prophecy was more a wish than a vision because many Israelites were settled in Babylon and doing well. They were reluctant to return to a destroyed Jerusalem. And I imagine that is the way many Ukrainians would feel today, they who have fled their homeland for Germany or Poland or the Czech Republic. How they would feel if Russia were to suddenly end its attacks and leave Ukraine alone. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he demands movement. He wants the newly converted Roman Gentiles to awake from their sleep, give up their previous lives of debauchery, and adopt the ways of Jesus. And then finally, there is Matthew's description of Jesus' warning to his disciples to be ready for the coming of the Son of Man. Now obviously, Jesus was speaking of his mission of salvation and warning his followers to straighten up, reform their lives, awake to the teaching of peace, love, compassion. We got all that in just the first week of Advent. And by the second week, Isaiah's on a roll. He's gotten folks to return to Jerusalem and he's predicting a mighty king who will establish justice in the land, champion the plight of the afflicted, and promote a sense of peace. If you reread chapter 11, verse 1 to 10, you'll see a nation impossible to imagine, or at least I found it impossible. To me, it almost sounds like a hallmark made for TV movie, where everyone gets along with each other and even the wild animals peacefully coexist. And I asked myself, do you think that's something the South Koreans or the Iranians might desire? Do you think it's something we might desire in this country? Can you imagine a moratorium on murder in Oakland? Can you imagine a nationwide ban on assault weapons? St. Paul addressed the issue of peaceful coexistence in his letter to the Romans, when he explained that being a Roman was a geographical designation, but being a Jewish Roman meant you were circumcised, while a Gentile Roman was not. 
And Paul explained that Christ had come to serve and save all if the individual demonstrated his acceptance of God's gift. So Father Vassar made a point last week that Jesus was Jewish, but he consorted with both Jews and Gentiles because it wasn't the act of circumcision that made a person worthy of salvation. In the second Sunday of Advent Gospel, we learn of John the baptizer's wrath when he senses that the actions of the Pharisees and Sadducees are just for show and not really linked to any kind of repentance. John wants sincere action. He challenged the newly baptized to produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. Just saying Abraham is our father is insufficient. John wants them to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. He warns that Jesus is coming and he will see through any phoniness. Advent week three could be described as a standby situation. Isaiah's proclamation is more of his utopian-like prediction of abundant plant life, good health for all, with strong bodies, healed limbs, and of course the joy and gladness which accompanies love toward all. In his epistle, St. James admonishes his followers to be patient and uncomplaining as they wait for the Savior's return, where injustice and poverty will be no more. Our gospel for that Sunday was a sort of passing the torch as John the baptizer reached out from his prison cell to ask Jesus, are you he who is to come or should we look for another? Now, at first I thought this was a strange question because I thought John was Jesus' second cousin or some other close relative since Mary and Elizabeth, John's mother, are related according to the Bible. But further study of the notes in my Bible explained that John's query was more about his expectations of a fiery, avenging king promised by the prophets. So apparently John was in prison with low expectation of freedom, and he's wondering who's going to take up his clarion call to prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus assures John's messengers that he is indeed the one who is to come, which he demonstrates by healing the sick, the lame, and the disadvantaged. Slowly but surely, Jesus is delivering his message of love and acceptance and repentance rather than the physical displays of power and might foretold by the prophets. In week four, we're into what I call the dream sequence of the gospel story. First, Mary was visited by an angel. The evangelists Matthew and Luke 
don't say it was a dream, but that seems most likely. And of course, when she says yes to this awe-inspiring invitation, she is no longer asleep. And Luke also tells us an angel visited Zechariah and predicted Elizabeth's pregnancy. And after Jesus' birth, we're told an angel spread the good news to the shepherds in the field. Interestingly enough, Matthew is the only evangelist who specifically mentions the Gentile Magi, which is significant because their travel to see this newborn king whose birth they announced to King Herod is considered by biblical scholars to be the sign that Christ came to redeem everyone, not just the Jews. The Magi were not kings, contrary to the words of a popular Christmas song and a hymn, but rather astrologers, thinkers, wise men who had seen a new star in the East. They told Herod all they knew about this new king, not realizing how angry and jealous Herod would be. They promised to return and tell him the baby's location so Herod could go and offer homage. Herod, of course, intended to kill the child, for he had no intentions of giving up his earthly power. So after the Magi had found the infant and presented their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were warned in a dream of Herod's nefarious intent, and so they returned to their homelands by alternate routes. Joseph was likewise warned in a dream, and he took his wife and baby son and fled from Bethlehem to Egypt to Israel to Galilee and eventually home to Nazareth. So in my humble opinion, the epiphany of Jesus, his outreach to the Magi, and their acceptance of him is actually the most important part of the Christmas season. Even as waste management is picking up dead trees, people are exchanging gifts, and stores have already put out their Valentine's display. Without Epiphany, how would we have known that we were part of the Father's grand plan for our redemption? More important, how do we prepare to accept this redemption? I suggest one action we can take is to study scripture more and see if we can find parallels in our current situations. And you know, traditionally, um, Catholics are not thought of as scripture studiers. If you know any people who are Christian but are not Catholic, most of them, at least in my experience, tend to know the Bible and scripture better than we do. They can, I see people shaking their head. They can quote you scripture, you know, chapter and verse, okay. And maybe it's time we started doing a little better. So I have a couple suggestions of things we can do. First of all, when you come in the church and you pick up the lovely colored bulletin, 
Our worship aid for the day is inside, and that's fine. You can remove it and use it that day. But I really want to encourage all of us, take the bulletin home. Read what Father Jason has written here. He is very good at explaining the history behind some of the things. Father Paul is too. If you talk to him after Mass, he'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't know. But this is where we can learn, and it's not so difficult. You're not reading the Bible and trying to figure it all out for yourself. The second thing that comes in the bulletin is a printout of next Sunday's readings. So around about maybe Wednesday or Thursday, take a look at those readings. Read them, pretend maybe that you're going to be the lector or maybe you're gonna be the homilist. Kind of get your, your mind going. This is the way we can kind of start to claim our share of the Bible, to study scripture. And I propose maybe we could do this as kind of a New Year's resolution. I decided that this is something I'm much more likely to do. I'm not gonna become a gym rat, and I'm certainly not giving up chocolate, but I am going to try to study this more. I do always read the bulletin. I appreciate Father Jason's efforts, but I'm going to study it a little more. I'm gonna read the readings, and I suggest maybe bring that copy of the scripture bring it with you so if you can't quite understand what the lecturer is saying or the presider, you can read along with it, understand it. And that's something we as Jesus people can do for this coming year. Thank you. God's love calls all people to share in the divine life. We lift up our needs and those of every creature to the powerful God whom we adore. That all people may seek the that excuse me, that all people of God may seek the Christ child with diligence and worship him with generous hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that the leaders of nations may recognize the truth of the gospel and serve their people with justice. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That those who live in the darkness of violence, poverty, and corruption may find the light of peace, abundance, and long-lived justice. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That believers may have freedom to practice their faith and all religions, persecution may end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That all who gather at this holy table may welcome immigrants joyfully, recognizing and valuing their gifts. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who have died, especially Jimmy Thompson, who passed away recently, may they rest in the peace of God's love and for the intentions of this Mass offered for Father Jason Landeza, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our own personal intentions. 
let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the advancement of the official beatification and canonizations of St. Henrietta de Lille, St. Thea Bowman, St. Mary Lang, St. Pierre de Sant, St. Julia Greeley, and St. Augustus Tolton, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. Radiant and just God, as you guided the Magi from the east to Bethlehem, guide us in the light of your ways and keep us always faithful to you. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. And the second collection today is for support of the diocesan seminarians.
pray, my friends, that our offering will be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands, our hands for, for the praise and glory of God's name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Look with favor, Lord, on these gifts of your church, in which are offered now not gold or frankincense or myrrh, but he who by them is proclaimed, sacrificed, and received, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Eternal God. For today you have revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ as a light for the nations. And when he appeared in our mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature. And so with angels and archangels, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them. So they may become for us the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread. And giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when the supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, 
which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer to you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be here in your presence, serving you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Help us all to grow in love. Together with Francis, the Bishop of Rome, Michael, and John, our bishops, and all who serve your church. Remember our brothers and sisters who've fallen asleep in the hope of rising again, and all who've died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your presence. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with St. Joseph, her spouse, the apostles, St. Benedict, and all who have done your will throughout the ages, we too may be co-heirs to eternal life, may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. pilgrim's journey, we pray to our God as the Lord Jesus taught us.
Deliver us, we pray, O Lord, from every temptation, and grant us peace in our day. In your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us in time of trial as we wait in a joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and glory are yours forever. Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, I leave you peace, my peace I give to you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your people and graciously grant us that peace, that unity that is of your kingdom, where you live forever and ever. Amen. My friends, may the peace of our Lord Jesus the Christ be with you all. And with your spirit. Thank you.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Happy are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. May the body and blood of Christ bring us all to life everlasting.
Lead us on with heavenly light, O Lord, always and everywhere, that we may perceive with clear light and revere with true affection the ways of your kingdom to which you call us to live each day, we pray through Christ 
our Lord. Amen. Amen. Leonard, announcement man. <laughs> good after, yeah, good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> um, this is my first time seeing most of you since the holidays, so happy new year to everyone. Um, well, uh, whether you believe it or not, Mardi Gras is upon us. So we are going back to the good old laissez les bons temps relay days before all of this COVID stuff and everything. <laughs> so our Mardi Gras is coming up on Saturday, February 4th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. in Father J. Matthews Hall. It will be featuring our very own Jorge Watson. Um, the donation is $25. You must RSVP to get the $25 price. Otherwise, if you don't have an RSVP, at the door it will be 30. So come and see me right after church uh, to sign up if you have not signed up already. For those who are signed up with our emails, you should have the link by now and you got all of the information in the bulletin and all that good stuff, so make sure that you RSVP before the, uh, the final date. Also, just a reminder, on behalf of the Knights of Peter Claver, Father J. Matthews, Council 336, we're having our annual Super Bowl TV raffle. This is always for our uh, scholarship fund because this year we will be giving away a $2,000 scholarship to a deserving young gentleman of color who will be attending a Catholic high school in the fall this year. So your continued support is always appreciated and needed. I do have tickets with me today. They're $4 each or three tickets for 10. So see myself or any of the Knights of 336 and they will have tickets for you. Thank you as always for your continued support. Really appreciate it. And last but not least, just to bring in the new year on behalf of St. Benedict's Pastoral Council, we are hosting refreshments right after church. It's gonna be in Father Day Matthews Hall. So at the end of church, go that way. Go through that door and go on to the hall and we have some donuts and juice and all that good stuff. So just come on over so we can fellowship and just tell everyone Happy New Year to each other. Amen? Amen. Thank you. And uh, the last announcement is um, that Father Jason wants to invite all of us to his formal installation as pastor of Divine Mercy Parish. This is taking place next Saturday afternoon, January 14th at 5.30 p.m. at St. Lawrence O'Toole Church. There'll be a reception and the downstairs gym and the ever-present talented Jorge Watson will be spinning the tunes afterwards and there should be something good to eat as well. All are welcome and encouraged to uh, support him. Okay, do we have any visitors with us today? I feel like there's so many people here. Oh, oh good, praise God. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's doing some good work here. So uh, stand up and tell us who you are and how you happen to get here. Bonjour, bonjour. Oh, wow. 
Well, no parlez-vous français, pero es bien, okay. Almighty God, uh, you called us from many nations to be here today. We give you thanks and praise for those who come and enhance our prayer. We pray God's blessing upon you and gratitude for enhancing our prayer this day and supporting the people of St. Benedict in who we are and what we are about. May God continue to bless you every day of your life. Amen. Amen. How about birthdays? Any New Year's babies? One, two, three, four. We have five. Five. We have six. Five. We've got five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Look at that. Hey, somebody was busy. <laughs> Almighty God, we give you thanks for the breath of life and for the five of those wonderful people who stand before us today. We pray that you will continue to nourish them in faith and in spirit. Guide them that they may walk forward as disciples of your Son and bless our world with their love and their goodness. We pray through Christ our Lord. education, it has been mostly about telling the stories. Um, and I, I, I just testify that I got into it the other day with a born a Baptist who could quote everything. And then I started talking about it to her about, well, which creation story do you believe in? And she said, huh? I said, well, was Jesus born in a manger or in a house? Huh? Uh, you know, so the Catholic community, intellectual community, since the 1940s has been on the forefront of scripture study. And so we have nothing to apologize as Catholics in terms of uh, our broader church. We may not be all in touch with it ourselves. We may have be what we need to learn. But uh, in-depth scripture study has really been a hallmark of the Catholic, I want to say, wise men, scholars, teachers. Okay, another trivia question. Does anybody not know who Howard Thurman is? You don't know who he is? Okay. Howard Thurman will, was very famous in the last century, in the, in the 1900s kind of time. That's when he was born. And he was an African-American author, philosopher, theologian, mystic, educator, and civil rights leader. He played a leading role in many of the social justice movements. He was a mentor to many of this, uh, the uh, freedom peoples, particularly the civil rights movement, including Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
He, um, he started along with Alfred Fisk, the first major interracial, interdenominational church in the United States. He was the dean at Rankin Chapel at Howard University. Amen, Howard University? Okay. And the dean of Marsh Chapel at Boston University. So he moved from a historically black place to one of the major universities in the country. Okay, so this is his reflection on this time of the year. If we fill our lives with things, and yet more things, if we feel we must fill every moment that we have with activity, when will we have the time to make the long, slow journey across the desert, as did the wise men? Or sit and watch the stars, as did the shepherds? Or brood over the coming of the child, as did Mary? For each of us, there is a desert to travel, a star to discover and follow, and a light within ourselves to bring to life. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, so next time anybody asks you, do you know who Howard Thurman is? You'll say, yes. <laughs> oh, I know who he is. Okay. All right. Okay. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God continue to bless us and all whom we hold in our hearts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, our prayer is in it, and let us give for go forth and give birth to the light of Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Heart the hero, angel sing glory, glory, peace on earth, the will toward men, glory, Jesus is Emmanuel, glory. In the city of Bethlehem, glory to King. Wise men from afar, follow the shining star. Glory to King. Found him in a manger, wrapped in swallowing clothing. Glory to
Ooh, free food. Where's it at? Oh, it's in the hall. Okay. Free food, folks. <laughs>